Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. I've been experimenting with doing the minimum to get by, but not in a mediocre way, not in a, I don't really want to have to engage, not in that way, but in a minimalistic kind of way. What's the minimum amount of effort I can put in to achieve the result? And this is how you become a great martial artist or a great musician. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I made what might seem like a bold claim. Busyness very well may be what destroys us as a species. But I'm not exaggerating. Busyness makes you stupid. It clutters your mind. And when your mind is cluttered, you don't think as clearly. You're not as conscious. You're not as aware. And you don't take good care of yourself. You add that up, and we won't be taking very good care of ourselves as a species. Have you noticed? So many of us are just doing, doing, doing. It's not healthy and it's easy to see. There's some acknowledgement of this in society today, but all you have to do is see the number of people immersed in their devices in a coffee shop or at an airport to see how hard it is for people to be idle, even for a couple of minutes. So today we're going to explore why our relationship with busyness and time is not just ineffective, but also unnatural, and how ultimately this causes many people to get stuck in thrival without ever reaching a state of flow. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So this is sort of a, a, a back-to-basics talk about recuperation, about, about busyness, because I've been, I've been thinking, not just thinking about it, but testing out something here. This relates to the Pareto principle, also known as the 80-20 rule. And the Pareto principle states that, yeah, 80% of your effort is a waste of time. That 80% of your results actually come from 20% of your effort. That's the rule. And it's observable in a lot of different venues. And it's a really interesting thing, you know, to think about any project that you've done or any initiative that you completed. Look back and consider how much of that was a waste of time. Now, I'm not saying it didn't need to be done necessarily, because the thing about the Pareto principle is you don't necessarily know, it's not obvious to you, what aspects of the work you're doing is really going to help and what's not. If it were, you wouldn't do it. If it were really obvious, you wouldn't do it, right? Just like you're going to, you know, if you want to get to new from New York to San Francisco as fast as possible, you're not going to go through Texas. It's obviously going to delay you, right? That's not the shortest distance between two points. That's when it's obvious. But if you start with the knowledge of, okay, the natural state of the human being, natural, who knows what that means, but 
the sort of default state of a human being is a better word, is especially in this day and age, is I'm going to do more than I have to to accomplish the result. That that's going to happen. You look through that lens and then start asking yourself, okay, where am I spinning my wheels? Where am I wasting my time? Now that is a completely different frame than I got to keep busy and be a productive member of society, you see? Because the, the, the busyness is good is exactly the frame that makes you waste your time, right? You've all experienced this. You guys know that you can get away with check, uh, processing your email two, maybe three times a day. And you've all in the past done it 30 times a day, haven't you? Right? And you fall off the wagon sometimes. Yeah, so do I. But we've all experienced, because we learned from Clear Workspace Open Mind, including myself, we've all experienced, hmm, the idea is checking your email only a couple times a day. And the first reaction people have when you give them that idea, what if people need a response? Right? Every time. Some crap about... Well, my customers, blah, blah, blah. well, they need a response in less than four hours. Then why didn't they call you? Now, there are some cases where, you know, customer service for a software company, you know, there's urgent things, but that stuff can be triaged, right? And yet, look how easy it is to slide back into, oh, and I got to see if blah, blah, blah got back to me. It's important. Can it wait till tomorrow? Well, no, I really want, can it wait till tomorrow? Yeah, it can. So what are you doing? Well, the answer is you're wasting your time so that you can be busy. And I do it. I get it. I fall off the wagon too. But let's call a spade a spade. So if that happens with email, where else might it be happening? Where else is the unconscious need to be busy? Keeping you busy. And then at the end of the day, we go, man, that day went fast. I wish I had more time. (laughs) Of course you do. Because 80% of what you did was unnecessary. Right? And some amount of that 80%, you got to do anyway, because you can't know. Right? You got to have the work ethic and put in the time and, and whatever. But what about the time that is easily demonstrable as not being necessary? Checking your email more than twice a day. For most people, completely unnecessary. Social media, for most people, completely unnecessary. And all the studies show doesn't really do much for your mood. In fact, usually you end up less happy as a result. All the things we do. So I've been doing an experiment for about the last three weeks. And I've been doing a lot less. We finally got some summer weather here, dried out a bit, and uh, rainy season will come in a few weeks. So I figured, well, this is a good time for a kind of vacation. So I'm going to experiment with an idea that normally I would say is the root of mediocrity. So listen to me carefully when I say it. I've been experimenting with doing the minimum to get by, but not in a mediocre way, not in a, I don't really want to have to engage, not in that way, but in a minimalistic kind of way. What's the minimum amount of effort I can put in 
to achieve the result. And this is how you become a great martial artist or a great musician, right? You ever watch great musicians? It looks like their hands are barely moving, depending on the instrument, right? And I remember once watching a great guitarist and I saw this lick he did and I was like, what I, What was that? He barely moved his hand and I slowed it down and zoomed in and, and I saw that he did, a, he did two different, um, what we call bananas, where you, you, you put your, um, you depress one of your digits and you use the, the last knuckle on your finger to, um, to uh, fret two or three strings. And he did two of them in succession, one for two strings and the other for three strings. And if you've never done the banana thing with your digits like that, it takes like 10 or 15 hours of work to be able to do that even a little bit proficiently. And then to be able to, you know, when you, when you do it and you hit the string, if you, if you bar three strings with one digit, for example, you have to be able to, with a tiny little movement, decide which strings actually going to be fretted all the way and which ones are going to be muted. So it's really, really subtle. And of course, you know, the way he did it looked easy. And this is why we love watching masters, right? Master athletes and master musicians and because they make it look easy. And the best ones are the ones that just make it look totally effortless. But how they got to that effortless place is through an inordinate amount of work that includes finding in a kind of economy. How do I make this easy? How do I make this easy? How do I make this easy? Uh, I was a springboard diver, as a lot of you know, and and one of my heroes growing up was uh, Greg Luganis because he was the, the big diver, you know, when I was a kid. And one of the things he had on all the other divers is he would do, you know, the hardest dives there were, just like some of the other people. But he just made it look easy. And there's, you know, when you when you watch diving, one of the sort of um, criteria for what a great dive is is there's a feeling of ease and grace. That's what we like to watch. We like people flying through the air and having it look easy. And people would do the dives that he did and they would do them just as well, but nobody had the grace he did. He just made it look easy. And that's all economy. It's all figuring out, okay, I did that well. How do I do it easier? How do I do it easier? How do I do it easier? And this, another way of talking about what I'm talking about here is this is the movement from thrival to flow. In the five stages of engagement. Movement from security to thrival is about saying, hey, get off your ass, stop tolerating sameness and security and comfort, and have a dream and work toward it. Go for it. And the first time you learn a guitar scale or a martial arts movement, you're going to have muscle behind it and you're going to use more effort than you need to. I remember one of the first times I played with a, a group of musicians, played guitar, my teacher was there and we played for a half hour or something. And I said, whoa, my left thumb is numb. The, the fretting thumb. And, and I was like, that's weird. That's never happened. He goes, oh, he says, you're fretting too hard. You're pushing the strings down harder than you need to. That's the feedback. Now, you can't play a two-hour show as a musician if after 30 minutes, your thumb gets numb, right? That doesn't work. You've got to find a way to produce the same result easier. That's the movement from thrival to flow. So security to thrival, hard work. See what you're made of. Put the effort in. Work 10 hours in a day and master time management so you can squeeze all sorts of stuff in and get extra couple hours of work in a day. Cool. 
not sustainable though, and not mastery because you just can't keep that up. Because, you know, let's put it from an athletic standpoint, the, the person who can make the same movements using less energy will kick your ass every time because you're going to get tired. You know, um, the, the, the ultimate fighting championships, which uh, were, was a brilliant marketing stunt by the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu family. First one was in, I was just starting Jiu-Jitsu then, 1990, uh, no, 1990 or so. They knew that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was an awesome form. And so they sponsored this event where they would invite martial artists from all different uh, models, all different uh, forms. And it was sort of this big competition, like, well, which martial art would win? Which is sort of silly because it doesn't really indicate a whole lot about that. But anyway, they proved their point. And Gracie Jiu-Jitsu beat everyone forever, basically, ever since that fight has happened. And one of the reasons why it, that happened, what that is true is because all real fights end up on the ground in about three seconds. <laughs> Unless they're pros. But a real fight ends up on the ground. That's just what happens. That's just how human beings are. And Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a ground fighting art. But uh, I went to a seminar once with one of the Gracies way back in the day. And uh, at the end of the seminar, it was a really cool guy, taught some techniques. And at the end, he said, okay, now I'm going to... Um, I'm going to wrestle with all of you. There were like 25 of us. And he beat all 25 people in a, you know, about 30 to 60 seconds each. And he was giving people some you know, extra time. But he, he beat everybody. And everyone was out of breath by the time they got beat. He never broke a sweat. After all 25 people in a row, no rest. He never broke a sweat. That's why he won. Because he figured out, he didn't just learn the thing, didn't just learn the technique. He went to the next level and said, okay, now how do I make this easy? That's mastery. That's flow. That's flow. And that's the zero. Flow is going on when the zero is bigger in your life than the one. Even if it's just a little bit. When the ease... That's why it's called flow. When the ease is more in your awareness than the effort. Because, you know, watch a professional athlete. They don't look like they're efforting, efforting like an amateur or a professional actor, right? You know, when, when you go to a middle school and watch a play, you can tell they're reciting for memorized lines, right? You can feel the effort. You can feel they're trying to become someone else and they're not succeeding at it so well because you can see their personality behind it, right? But a good actor, you forget who they are. Any of you guys watch Walking Dead? Great, amazing show. Be careful, it's highly uh, habit-forming. I watched eight seasons of Walking Dead and then I got a little curious about the cast and I YouTubed some uh, uh, interviews. And the, the leading role, the guy's British. You know, and I never would have imagined. And he's got this kind of high lilting sort of, uh, you know, like, yeah, he, he's, he's got a higher voice than the character does. And he's not American. You know, you know ever watched the show House? You know, the Dr. House, Gregory House, the, the doctor? He's British too, Hugh Laurie. I didn't know that for a while either. Very convincing. Not nearly as convincing as uh, the Rick Rhymes guy. What's his name? Can't remember. The Walking Dead. Anyway, Walking Dead, great show. 
it's so they become that. They become that and they make it look easy. He's not struggling to do an American accent. You'd be able to hear that. Right? That comes from practice of not just doing it, but saying, how do I make this easy? How do I make this easy? How do I make this easy? Which is actually, I never thought about this before. That's the truth behind laziness. The lazy people who are doing the minimum to get by because they don't care. The truth behind that is they have some kind of instinct that things should be effortless in a way. And there's truth to that. Right. But to use the martial art example again, you know, when you first learn a technique, it's going to be hard and you're probably going to muscle it. It's not going to be in the flow and effortless and you're not going to do it like a master. That's just how it is. When you first learn a scale, it's going to hurt your fingers. Yeah, yeah, I know it hurts your fingers. Keep playing it. Keep playing it. Okay, now you got it. Now let's talk about how you can make it easy. There's a technique in guitar where a little exercise where you push down the string so it makes the string buzz, which is not good. And then you figure out exactly how much pressure you need to put on the string so that it doesn't buzz, but not more. You know? But that's a more advanced technique. You don't do that typically until you start to learn where to put your fingers, right? So all of this is to say that many people get stuck in thrival. This is what happens when you get stuck in thrival. You get stuck in the illusion that all of your work is actually meaningful and helpful. Right? Because, you know, being busy and I'm hard work, and of course, all of what I'm doing is very important. The 19th and 20th time I checked my email, so those are the most, most important parts of the day, right? <laughs> of course they weren't. Actually, you only actually you didn't need to check your email at all today. What? Well, did you? I mean, really, think about it. Any emails you you looked at today, could any of them waited for tomorrow? Could all of them have waited to tomorrow? Could you actually check your email every other day and only once? What would your mind be like then? What would your life be like then? And where are all the other places? where you're cluttering up your life in the name of busyness rather than looking at what's the minimum I can do to have the same impact. The uh, minimum effective dose, I call that. Not to get out of hard work, but so that you can serve and apply your resources in a way that makes sense. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.